Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 93 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search OneOuter Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way to do this is email questions at OneOuter.com. Alternatively, you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, we are back live. I'm sure listeners have seen the problems with the website I was having while I was away in China. 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 (laughs) Chinese hackers caused it, man, probably. Yeah. Um, So we will get into all that at the start just to give people a catch-up, etc. But how are you? Uh, You know, I'm I'm alive. Uh, Last... Uh, I kind of wish I was in some hole in China the last couple of weeks. It's been, uh, it's, you don't trust me. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's been a battle here, man. Not, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's but no. but it's been uh, not you know nothing like too bad. Like nobody died or anything. It's just been as far as like stressful weeks this year. These last uh, two or three have probably been the most stressful, and that's been. Uh, that's been tough, but yeah, how was China? Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll start with China. I went to Hong Kong, stayed in Hong Kong for the first, I think it was the first week. Nice. And then my, my plan was to go to China for the second week and then come back to Hong Kong for one or two nights. And then fly <laughs> Sorry. So what happened? Oh, I, dra- I drank a sip of my coffee and it went down the wrong pipe. Sorry about that. That's never happened on the show. We're so polished. Um, Go ahead. So what happened was I stayed in Hong Kong for the first week. Everything went to plan. Actually, I was really sick the second night. Something I'd eaten or just the heat. It was 41 degrees uh, with humidity, like crazy. It was bad. The first few days I was taken bad with it. So I don't know if it was just a bit of real dehydration or something I'd eaten or a combination of two. Anyway, regardless, I was vomiting like three in the morning on the second night. Oh, God. And any time I drank any sort of water, I was just straight to the toilet. Oh, no. Screwing it up. Um, but I got myself sorted, got loads of water on board, and that was it. I was fine, you know, the rest of the trip. But... The China uh, escapade, I got there, and I stayed at this hotel last September, and I got there, and, you know, it's basic, it's near everything I need, it's fine, it's cheap, etc., and it was clean enough, and, you know, it wasn't the Ritz, but I knew it wasn't the Ritz, and it was fine in September, anyway, I checked in this time, and I made a quick, like, I booked through Expedia, and it was, you got a slightly better room for, like, a few extra pounds a night, so I, I booked that, and I said, Oh, they said, oh, you've got breakfast. I said, yeah, I've booked a better room. Can I get a better room than last time? That And they said, oh, I'll see what, you know, etc. So the room was decent. We walked up, but there was, like, a, this smell of damp and moldy, like, oh, in yeah. the lobby. Oh, okay. In the hall, actually, not the lobby, in the hall. And then into the room, and it was just as bad, you know, like, just damp and old and oh, yeah. yucky. Yeah. And the bath is all, like, I won't go into it, but it was a shit shit experience you know you were putting your phone charger in the socket and the weight of the phone charger was pulling the socket out of the wall and it was <laughs> buzzing and, and anyway i sit down i unpack and go out do what i gotta do come back and sit down on my laptop start doing some work and then what happens is you know, you put your room key in the little thing at the door to give you power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do that, and then I've done that. I'm sitting down, and then 
lights, aircon, power, everything off, total pitch black. Yeah. And this room didn't have a window, so I'm talking total pitch black. Oh, wow. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I grab my phone, put the torch on it. No, it's the cards in right, everything. So I think it's just my room. I open the, the door of the room. The emergency lights are on in the hall. Um, <laughs> it's a power cut in the whole hotel. Now, this is a big hotel. And there's people outside in the halls all with their torches on their phones, looking around, etc. So I'm sitting, I give it like a minute, two minutes. And then eventually I go, Look, fuck it. This could be an electrical fire, anything, you know. There's no uh, windows yeah, in this no room. Idea. I'm like, so I got my passport, money, left everything else, just walked to the nearest fire exit, walk all the way down the stairs to the fire exit. The fire exit's bolted when I get to the <laughs> bottom. You push it and you can't get out. You couldn't get out the fire exit. I'm like, right, okay. So I have to walk up the next floor. Now, there's a club attached to this hotel. So the second floor below ground was like a nightclub, and it's all mirrored walls and mirrored... It was literally like walking through a house of mirrors, <laughs> trying to get at the, at the carnival or like Bruce yeah, Lee, yeah. you know. Uh, just, you couldn't get through. And I was like, this is ridiculous. The fire exit sign bulbs weren't working. It was a total fire hazard. Oh, so anyway, I make my way to the lobby, get out onto the street, and all lots of guests are out on the street, some are in the lobby, etc., good 20-25 minutes eventually the power just kicks back on oh everyone's fine you know back to your room okay go back and then it was fine the rest of the day the very next day the Tuesday same again power cut different time another 20 minutes oh, half no. an hour it happened three days in a row oh, no. and the third the third day I walked down the lobby I says look this place is a fucking death trap. You know, I'm ranting and raving in Scottish, like they don't understand. <laughs> I says, this is, I'm just looking, they're smiling. I'm like, this is a death trap. People shouldn't, human beings shouldn't be staying here. And they're like, oh, so sorry. You're like, no. welcome to communist China, bud. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I go back to my room, I phone Expedia and I say, look, I'm cutting this part of the trip short. I'd actually done everything I needed to do in China in like three days. I think it was four days, three nights I stayed or four nights. I can't remember. But I decided I was getting the train back to Hong Kong and just paying for a new hotel, you know, in Hong Kong mm. and staying in Hong Kong, uh, where it was more civilized. And I says, look, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> so I phoned Expedia, complained, told them all the issues. They were like, we'll see what we can do and sort something out. We tried to phone the front desk. No one speaks English. We can't really get anything. I said, look, I'm not staying here. I'm checking out. I don't want another room or anything. There's power cuts and boarded up fire escapes, you know. And... Um, He's like, okay, so anyway, I book a new hotel in Hong Kong, go back to Hong Kong, and all credit to Expedia, big plug for them. I mean, I've booked all my travel through them over the last, must be 15 years. Wow. Like, easy. Yeah, I've been with them since, like, I remember, actually, I went to New York in, like, 2000, the year before 9-11, so 16 years. Shoot. I've booked all my travel with them, pretty much, pr not everything, but pretty much all the big trips. Yeah. Uh, hotels separate and flights etc so I've got good you know loyalty with them right. if they didn't treat me well uh, they refunded me for the whole uh, China hotel trip the Holy whole hell. hotel for the seven nights they just refunded me and it was back on my card before I left Hong Kong wow. which was fantastic so That's pretty uh, cool. yeah yeah that, that was amazing I just you know lucky to book with them um, so that was that but then while I was there power cuts going on I'm sure as I said a lot of the listeners know uh, big shout to Mika. I can't remember your second name, but we got some questions from him that he sent in a few weeks ago. There were some bonus questions, so we're definitely going to read his out first because he sent me an email while I was in China saying, uh, Barry, I think the site's done. This is oh, what I'm getting. Yeah. So I went to the site. It wasn't showing up on the phone, but it was showing up on the desktop or something. Yeah. Anyway, there was like issues with the site. Long story short, I started playing around with it trying to get it, then certain things were working, certain things weren't. I says, like, I can't really do much in China. You know, you can't get any, you hardly get any internet in China. Yeah. So I, I said, I'll wait till I get back to Hong Kong. I got back to Hong Kong and start, I was going to leave it till I got home because everything, the way I had it, it was all up on iTunes and you could get the latest show right. by downloading off the site. And I said, look, that's, that's fine till I get home and actually get into it. 
But I just, I'm like that. I just, if there's a problem, I want to try and just get it done because it'll just play on my mind. I just want to deal with it. Right. So I start into it and I phone GoDaddy. I was on the phone to GoDaddy support for two hours one night. Oh my God. In, in Hong Kong. And I'm like, could you phone me back? Because, you know, I'm in Hong Kong. Luckily, my mobile and stuff, I can use it. Hong Kong's one of these home from homes. You can use it with no extra charges. Oh, that's pretty Part cool. of your domestic minutes and stuff. So I was on the phone, and this girl, she made it worse. She, like, rolled back the site to, like, an earlier <laughs> version before. Oh, and the only thing on it was, like, the Jungle Man interview in Helmuth. And oh I was like, God. are you telling me you've just wiped every post of the last five or six years? She was like, oh, I'm going to need to pass you on to some other... Dep-. I was like, oh, my God. So wow. this guy comes on. He's like, oh, no. I says, look, I back up everything. I, I had all the podcasts saved on two different hard drives in the house. And my podcasts were saved on, um, you know, a backup. I did a backup. And eventually, they, they, they couldn't do anything in that. Then they start trying to upsell me this uh, security package for my site. Oh, it looks like you've been compromised. It's possibly been hacked. Uh, have you ever thought about site lock for $80 a year? I start going, are you trying to... I said to the guy, are you trying to upsell me while I'm in Hong Kong on holiday? Wow. And there is a problem with the site. And I, the site was running better than when I phoned your support. And then now it's back to like it was five years ago. And the first thing you're saying is you're recommending site lock for $80 a year. And I've read lots of stories about GoDaddy like that. They're trying to upsell customers. They get you on, etc. So I said, look, let's try and fix the site, please, first. Or, you know, or I'll be pulling everything. Because I had backups of everything. Right. And eventually, they said they'll do a full site restore. They did that. All that did was the first 30 shows or something I could access, then all your stuff in the middle wasn't available for some reason. Nice. So it, it must have been some plugin or some link I've been posting in, in some of your posts or something. Wow. Anyway, I ended up fixing it myself. I managed to, without getting too into it, I had to upload an old file of a template for like I use for certain things. Right. That overwrite the old one and it all worked and everything's back up. Wow, and how cool. That's awesome. It's all, it's all running. Everything's backed up, etc. But what a three, four days of just absolute crap. And um, I've never been so happy to refresh the site and see uh, your ugly face on the main page. <laughs> I was like, all oh, right, it's working. It's not just Phil Helmuth. There's Alex and his dog or whatever it was. You know, that was that. So nice. um, yeah, that great. was good. So, yeah, what what's your stuff? Uh, oh, man. I, oh, dude, this last couple of weeks. Like, it's, uh, I mean, I wasn't in it. Actually, I was kind of thinking, like, I've been in death traps across the world, right? And I, would, I was thinking, like, I kind of liked it when I was in crappy hotels because I'd start smoking cigarettes and I'd be like, yeah, I'm in film noir right now, right? Which was always really stupid. But, like, just as a kid, like, growing up in, like, suburban nothing and then eventually losing the house and just kind of bumming around in different apartments. It's just, you know, not, not really, like, poverty, just, like, deprivation of the soul, like, nothing going on. Like, just <laughs> even being in, like you know, like, really crappy, like, dangerous countries, like, I was like, yeah, like, this is nice, and I was, uh, I was watching this movie last night, it was like, it was called The Next Three Days, have you ever seen this with Russell Crowe? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, I know it's a little implausible, but I, I, I just like that tension, uh, it, it, it's about a guy who wants to break his wife out of prison, who's been wrongfully accused, uh, and, and so he thinks, right, he doesn't know. Uh, for sure. And there he uh, uh, I was thinking like, you know, this is a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> it was a really weird thought because like I've been getting into a bad mood with anybody and everybody and, you know, doing a great job of ruining my life. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking like I'm watching this. I was like, I know why guys want to watch this. Like got, a lot of guys would prefer to have like an operation to save their wife. Right. The harder thing is to be like a good dude every day you know what I mean like <laughs> honestly like if you're just I mean let's be honest a lot of like entrepreneurs are like tyrants like at heart you just kind of like you can't accept how other people are trying to force things on your life and yeah when yeah. you take that into you know like any relationship I'm not just talking about me and my wife just like any you know I'm a, I, I can be really difficult with a yeah. lot of different people but like uh 
it, this last couple of weeks, I've been I've been a royal pain in the ass. I'm not gonna lie, and I just uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I kind of it was a good thing because I realized like you know, dude, you need to you you need to get into therapy, right? Like you need to figure this stuff out, like because you you because like I, I can kind of know what's going on, but like my mood disturbances kind of like they're just it, it, they're they're a little more pronounced than they should be. And I'm not really sure why that is, but yeah, I mean, long story short, um, my mom was coming here for a couple of weeks, which I always love, but you know, it's a, it, it's a, it is, it takes a little more time because I have to, you know, I have to like make breakfast for her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, well, my assistant quit like right before she came down here, like, which I, I didn't blame him for. I knew it was going to happen eventually. I just didn't know how soon, uh, he got a much better job, uh, much more money than I could ever pay him. So I was like, yeah, okay, go ahead. But like, that means I work like 12 hour days and then now it's like 12 hour days. And now like the house is pretty much my responsibility because my wife doesn't like work here. You know what I mean? So, and then, uh, uh, on top of that, so I get the myth of poker talent back and, you know, I was thinking I'll need a day or two to go through and edit it. And I'm reading it, Barry, and uh, I, I don't know if I wrote this, like, really quickly or what happened, but it's just garbled, like, from start to finish, right? It's just really – and I can kind of see where it's my fault. Like, I, it's one of those things, like, Stephen King says, like, don't use a $10 word when a 50-cent word will suffice. But I think I used a few words I shouldn't have, and then – the editor trying to make it like easier to understand did make it easier to understand it. But in the, it in turn lost the original meaning of what I was mm. trying to say. And th- that's not really their fault because I wouldn't expect, you know, like a typical, like uh copy editor. Uh, I mean like a line editor to understand, you know, like advanced, like triple barreling theory. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was like, it, it was no fault of their own. It just like, I was reading and I didn't know what I was trying to say, right? And I was like, oh my God, right? So I started with, you know, like at first I had it on my Kindle and I was just like, well, first I'm like, okay, on my Kindle, the way I edit things before is I put it on my Kindle because that's how it reads well to me. And then I like mark it. Well, I can't do that because it it, it got sent to me uh, in a different format. So then, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, I ended up printing the whole thing out and then editing it by hand, right? Just like with pen and paper. And then, uh, uh, in, uh, then I, I was up till like four in the morning, a lot of nights, like what, you know, I was, <laughs> I was watching like pre-recorded baseball just to have something to keep me awake while I was yeah. doing it. And then there was like large swaths of the research. I just didn't really want to present just because I was like, you know, and I could see the reputation here. And I, if I'm not 100% here, sure. I'm not really sure I want to be teaching that to people. And that was kind of difficult because then I had to like go back and I had to like reshoot a bunch of like different analyses. I had to rewrite a bunch of different parts. Essentially it was supposed to be a line in it. And I ended up like having to rewrite the book within a a very short time. Right. And then on top of that, I'm writing and preparing for the rap battle. Uh, I have that new webinar coming in and, and then I had a card runners video due. And then uh, my wife's birthday was, you know, we were, we were going to go, uh, uh, her and her, her family and I and my mom and all of us were going to go to a vacation spot uh, for a couple nights. Well, you know, well, I, this guy, you know, it's like my first day there. A guy ends up like getting loaded and, you know, a friend of mine and he just, he, he, he it's one of those bad nights where somebody got too drunk and I, I'm dead sober, right? And it's like nothing that's going to make me you know, not want to be his friend or anything, but it's like, this is supposed to be like my one night off. And I end up like babysitting this guy, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, uh, and then, you know, and then I'm kind of like, you know, just cause I'm not sleeping that well. And I've, I've got more work than I can imagine. I'm just kind of in a crappy mood the whole time. So I'm like, you know, I'm making things worse with the only people that really matter. And then I'm like, Jesus, dude, like this is, but you know, now I got the book edited. I got the I got the rap battle entirely written and memorized. Uh, I'm going to get the webinar done by the 25th. I have like, I've done a lot of like brainstorming sessions and I've mapped out a lot of what I'm going to do. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bit of a crunch, but 
uh, we'll see. And then, uh, you know, today, uh, uh, well, tomorrow I go to the States uh, to do the rap battle. So that should be fun. I get to see my sister and stuff. And uh, somebody's using a radial arm saw to the left of my house. So, you know, every, every, everything's good, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. Well, it's the first podcast we've recorded in a few weeks because we pre-recorded the other ones. And we're both some very upbeat for our listeners <laughs> on this one back. So uh, let, let's pick it up a bit and yeah. uh, get into the questions and um, keep people keep people informed, entertained, and uh, make them some, some money at poker. Uh, so I did say we had uh, Mika was the guy that, I think he's from Finland, yeah, was the I guy that so. messaged me and said when the site's done. Uh, so he did have some bonus questions left from previous questions he emailed in. I think it was the last episode or previous episode. So we'll get to them first. And the first one is when to get coaching. After a million hands, after reading certain books, after I'm beating 20 NL, uh, I had my lesson earmarked, but now I guess I'll just have to make do with Alex's webinars. I totally respect Alex's decision to quit one-on-one coaching given the reasons he gave us in the mail, but I'm still sad to see him go. Who is Alex now sending his customers to? Yeah, uh, the best time to really go for coaching, in my opinion, is when you have a number of really focused questions that really you're, you're looking for answers and you can't really find it anywhere else. So you should exhaust the resources that are available to you right now. So, you know, you should be watching a lot of the free training videos. You should be watching, reading a lot of the articles. And there's also the other time it's really worth it is when you have time, you know what I mean? Uh, when, you, when you don't have time, excuse me. Uh, th- there, are certain, uh, there, there are certain people that, you know, their time is worth quite a bit, and it's actually worth more to pay someone $100, 200 300 or $500 uh, to explain to them precisely what they need to know as opposed for them having to go out and try to find that for 10, 15, 20 hours. So if you're looking to save time or there's a lot of things you're just not connecting the dots on, there's certain uh, topics that just seem really frustrating to you, you can't really seem to get a grip on, uh, I think that's a good time to get private coaching. Um, I, I think it's also really good when you're going into a different limit that you're not really familiar with if there's somebody who's beaten those limits up like recently or there's somebody who just every time you hear something they say it's like wow that really makes sense and that's you've you've applied it to your own game this is kind of how I pick coaches a lot of the coaches I uh I, I pay a lot of attention to who I'm really big fans of aren't necessarily like the biggest players some of them are guys you probably haven't even heard of but like when they say when they give you like a conceptual idea, it makes a lot of sense. And then when I go to apply it, it, it works. And uh, there's a lot of guys that are very, very talented and have made quite a bit of money that just for whatever reason don't really know how to articulate their position. And that's not really helpful to you because then you're pretty much spending like $300 to, to an escort service, to a, a Skype escort service to just like listen to the guy speak. You know, it, it doesn't really do a whole lot for you. It, it's uh it's more just like the name recognition. Like, did you see that I worked with this person? Da, 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 da. And, uh, but a lot of the guys that are the best for you, like, I, I think are just the guys, like, I, I think a lot of the guys that are really serious with coaching, too, like, put out, this is a little self-serving because I put out my own stuff, but they, they, they put out their own stuff so they let you know, like, look, I have the chops. And if they are really proficient at a game, you really like and you really want to get good at really rapidly and you have the money, I think that's uh, I think that's the right time to do it. I think you should schedule it earlier rather than later because as you experienced in this instance, uh, not all coaches want to keep doing it. Uh, coaching's like really exhausting. Uh, I mean, if you're doing it well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of your energy. Uh, and this is across like, uh, like, like a college professor, like a really good college professor doesn't uh, never teaches more than four hours a day uh they're and even then a lot of times they're you know it, the material isn't I, I frankly isn't as complicated as what i do every day and uh it's it certainly even like somebody below me uh that knows what they're doing in a different limit and knows some of the mathematics i i don't think a lot of what these liberal professors do, do 
has like 10% of uh, the energy exerted as uh, teaching somebody how to play professional poker, which is not forgiving, is not, you know, a participation trophy like a lot of uh, degrees these days. And uh, when you go to like, okay, you go to a high school, the maximum people like teach is like six hours. And even then, I think we all can remember from our high school, most of our teachers were pretty bad at that. Uh, in, the, in the consulting industry, a lot of times like for personal coaching lessons, like two, three hours is the maximum. And even that I, I, I can say from personal experience is like really trying. If you, if you can imagine like a full battery on your iPhone, like doing a full personal lesson takes like, uh, and that's like your energy for the day, right? That, that battery, like doing a full personal lesson takes like a third of the battery. So if you do three of them in, the, in a day, you're just running on empty for the rest of the day. If you do two of them in a day, you're running on very little energy for the rest of the day. So, you know, a lot of guys start realizing like, look, you know, this isn't really helping uh, me as much as I'd like it to. Or, you know, they got what they wanted out of coaching uh, and they want to move on. So if a guy is like taking on students, you should like you ask, like who I send people to. I send people to Ape Styles a lot of the time. I think he's a fantastic coach and a, a, I think he's the best. Uh, tournament player online who's ever existed and uh, I mean just for longevity and like the skill of play I think he's the best and uh, I send people to him a lot but a lot of times you know he's a very busy dude he's got a lot of projects going on when he's taking students you gotta you gotta pick that up right away I also have some other options I have a Spanish language coach I have a more lower stakes coach I I mean he's a, he's a little cheaper just because he enjoys coaching quite a bit and uh Whereas I think Ape Styles is working so many hours, it's, you know, it's very difficult for him to find the time to teach. Uh, and, uh, yeah, don't worry. You're going to enjoy the webinars, sir. You will enjoy them. Okay. And the next question from Mika again is, how would you start molding? Hang on, Alex, I can hear myself back. Uh, I could, really? Sorry, sorry, I could a minute ago, whatever was happening a minute ago, I could hear myself back. Ah, I hate that when that happens. Um, yeah, it always happens. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. And uh, this one is, how would you start molding a beginner to a cash expert or a tournament expert? I know studying a lot at first is the most important thing. I'm hell-bent on studying at least one hour daily, thanks to one hour a day webinar, and listening to quality podcasts and audiobooks during the day when at all possible. I have also made a deal with an undisclosed person close to me to teach her to play. I have acquired a lot of study material and I'm now wondering what I would change in my poker education so far to give her the best possible start in her poker career. I'm looking forward to starting this project as I'm sure I'll learn much about coaching and strategy in general. Uh, that, that's a really good uh, question. I recently had a friend from high school. He's like, <clears throat> it, it was really weird to me because he's like, uh, most of my friends from high school, well, it's always weird to me to go on Facebook, too, because I, I used to play this game called Give Up or Didn't Give Up, right? Who's, like, giving up on life, right? You know, so sometimes, you know, you see the guy married with two kids, and he's 400 pounds, and he looks miserable even in the family photo. You go, eh, gave up, you know. And then there's other guys, you know, there's sometimes you see a woman who, like, all she ever, you know, she's, like, happy as a clam, like, when it comes to kids, you know. She's just got a couple kids, and that's what she likes, and she has her part-time job. And it's like, didn't give up, you know, doing well. And she's got her little business, like, cooking cookies or whatever the hell. I, 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 it, it's really amazing to me how many of <laughs> – this is going to piss off a lot of people, but, like, how many of the people I classified as gave up uh, were voting for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and uh, – it, it, but – I mean, not by the way, like, I don't think Bernie's a bad guy. I think he's misguided. I think he was ahead of the time when it came to, like, civil rights and stuff. He did, he did march with Martin Luther King and all that. I, I just, you know, I, I, I think a few of his policies are pretty misguided. But I, I found that really fascinating that, uh, you know, and that's no knock on Bernie. It could just be a lot of people feel like, you know, the government needs to do something for me as opposed to, you know, I got to do something for myself. But anyway, you know, I got off on a bit of a jag, but uh, it, there was one dude who always just was real positive, right? And even though he's, you know, he's working as, as a server, which a lot of people frown on, I think is an amazing job because if you do that at a good place, it's like, 
40, 50, 70 dollars an hour, you know what I mean? And like, I mean, like an actuary doesn't make that sometimes, or excuse me, like a lot of accountants don't make that, you know, like to be, I, I know specific, I don't know what an actuary makes. And then uh, like uh, an accountant was what I meant to say. Like I have some friends who are really good accountants that don't make $50 an hour, right? So, you know, and he was like, man, I want to get into poker. I want to work, right? And I was like, I love the fact that you want to work, man. And then I kind of sat there staring at the screen. I was like, I have no idea what to tell this dude, right, from like square one, right? Like, where do you go? So the thing I started with is I was like, bro, you got to familiarize yourself with the game first, right? You got you to gotta get in there some way, some fashion, right? And that doesn't mean you got to play for high stakes. You just got to play for, you got to play stakes where the other people care a little bit, which means pretty much any real buy-in. And you got to play, uh, you, you got to play with money that you can afford to lose, but you care about losing with, right? And uh, that's a really delicate balance. So, you know, when I was starting, when I was 18, like five bucks didn't feel like that much. But like if I lost 50 bucks, that felt like a lot, right? And it wasn't that far when it came to $5 sitting goes from five bucks to 50 bucks. So I really had to be on my game. But if I had just like a marginal losing session of like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, you know, it wasn't going to kill me. So I I started there. But I I said, you know, wherever you feel comfortable, man, you start there and just play a lot. So start seeing if you have fun with it. Because I really believe if you do not love this you're you're not going to do well at it there's a i i mean everybody quotes this now i uh, apparently i ask this in a lot of different questions in a lot of different lessons but i always go why do you play poker and when people say money i always say get a job at mcdonald's and then they always go they start laughing i'm like what why are you laughing like that's the truth and they're like what are you talking about i'm like look it up right now like what what does a manager make at mcdonald's a manager at mcdonald's makes fifty thousand dollars a year that's the average uh, the average po- professional poker player makes like twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. Now, if you take that thirty thousand dollars a year uh, to uh, to Venezuela, you'll probably own half the country right now. But it, there's, it, it, you know, it, it depends on where you take that money. But like, if you're just living in a normal first world economy, like uh, playing poker at the beginning is not going to be worth that much. And if you don't have the passion, you're not going to get to where it makes good money, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you really have to love what you do and. Uh, I do. This is something a lot of people like talk to me. It's like, man, it sucks how much you hate poker. And it's like, what are you talking about? I love poker. I hate there's few things I love more than poker. And there's few things I hate more than poker business. There's a lot of like business in the poker in the poker world that just I cannot tell you how much crap I have to deal with. Like, But anyway, it's uh, fortunately we got pretty good partners now and stuff like that. But like in the early days, it was much more of the wild, wild west when there, you know, there was a lot of money. There was a lot of hucksters. But uh, I said, you know, start with that, start playing and then start watching like videos about playing. Right. And, you know, see what you can put in the hours, man. Like and, uh, you know, it was like write down notes, you know, and then when you're done writing down those notes, pick things that you think are going to be really effective and put them on sticky notes and then put them up to your screen. That's a really big thing that I think really helps, which, by the way, I figured out where that came from. That was from Tim Ferriss, the four-hour work week. I, I did not come up with that, by the way. I was like, where did I get that? And I started rereading the four-hour work week, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, there it is. But, yeah, anyway, uh, put, take a sticky note, put it on your computer, and just try to focus on that that day. If you start enjoying this process and the process, not the money, okay, you're, you're going to be working a long time before you see money, all right? The money's good once you get to, like, my stage, but it, it doesn't get, you know, this is 10 years on, what you're looking at right now, or what you're listening to, right? It was not easy. The first, first three years I played poker, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think I made a profit. Uh, I mean, I always kept a few buy-ins in my role, and I got to, like, you know, I got to, like, go to home games and play and kind of, you know, uh, we say grab ass in the States, like when you're playing American football, which means like screwing around, but uh, sounds a little more sexually suggestive when I say it to a Scotsman. But uh, it, it's a, you know, I got to mess around and play and have fun. And that's all I cared about was having fun. Then when I went pro, the first six months I played, I didn't make money, right? I made enough money to go pro. So obviously I made money and then I promptly lost all of that the first half year. And then, you know, like the fourth year, I started seeing money. So if that, if you hear all of that and you say like, well, but I just enjoy the process, that's wonderful, right? 
And then it's a, num- a matter of uh, how what you can put in the hours and how many hours you can put in, right? And then you go in, and I think it's all about trying to find those, like, this is something nobody taught me ever, and I, I really, like, just... Uh, first of all, this whole studying thing was not a thing when I started playing poker. It used to be, like... Uh, I make fun of it a lot in the myth of poker talent because I don't really think it's as, it still exists, but like those people are kind of frowned upon by like, I really like like what the German pros uh, have brought into the game, like a very like studious kind of like academic approach to it. And I, I think that's really great. And I think, I think that's kind of a new thing because I remember I used to tell people, like 2006, 2007, like I'm studying right now. People be like, what, you're studying? Like what the hell is like, uh, and it was all about like, I'm so sick and I got this money and I got this condo and I got, you know, and I, half the time, you know, like their parents leased it to them or whatever, right? But like you didn't, we didn't know back then, right? We really thought there was that much money in poker. We thought everybody was supposed to be making a million dollars and we thought you were just supposed to know. Like we thought kids were just like born deities, right? And, like, uh, we just thought there were, like, 16-year-old kids out there ready to stomp on everybody's ass. And as I've gotten older, I realize that's not really true. Like, everybody who got good at anything just worked really hard at it. So we don't – and if you want more proof of that, read Bounce, our mindset, our The Talent Code. Those books are really fascinating. Uh, Bounce is probably the best one. It's pretty graphic when it comes to some uh, sections. It also has a section on theology, which I felt was really unnecessary. Uh, not because the guy's clearly an atheist, but just I didn't feel like it added much. But like it was, uh, I'm not going to get into kind of my dig on that. But it was kind of it, it was just kind of weird and out of place. But like the rest of the book was really uh, it, the guy had an argument. It was just kind of odd. Uh, it, it, but it, anyhow, that that book really convinced me. Like everybody works really hard for their talent. And then the next thing uh, that we didn't really know is that you're supposed to find, like, incremental growth, right? There are people who believe, like, it's an entity. You're either born smart or you're, uh, you're not smart. And if they're ever told they're smart, they're really worried about going out there and making a mistake because then it proves they're not smart. And they'd rather just, you know, swing for the fences for the rest of their life because if they miss and go, well, it doesn't matter. I'm swinging uh-huh. for the fences. Are they just, you know, they do the really easy, like, you know, punch in, punch out, you know, something, you know, they can go, well, I wasn't really trying, right? It's really hard to pick something every day and fail at it, okay? There's, like, in, by the way, this never stops. I'm 10 years in. I still, like, I, I still sit here with my sticky notes attached to my screen going, damn it, you know, like, trying to figure out something, right? And the worst feeling, though, is when you play poker an entire day and you don't learn anything from it, right? And uh, there's a, a, like, here's the thing. Like, poker might become a good, good source of money for you. It might not. But what it can be is a source of, like, discipline. It can teach you quite a bit about yourself. So if you don't care about your poker, if you go in to play poker just to become, like, a better person, a more patient person, a more calculated person, uh... I think you can win every day you play. Uh, if you go in to make money, I think you're going to be frustrated a lot of days, especially if you're playing tournament poker. In uh, what you would, should do is find materials that are really relevant to you. Don't be afraid to like. It, it, there's a lot of times I watch a guy and I, I, I'm just like, I'm not getting anything out of this, right? And a lot of people are like, Oh, this guy's so good, you should get it. I'm like, Well, right now I'm not getting anything out of it. And I think this is one of the few like talents I has lies. And I watched a lot less training videos than a lot of people realized when I was younger. I would, like, fall asleep to training videos, which was weird, uh, because, like, I just never really got through a lot of them. But, like, the training videos I really focused on, I really focused on. But, like, a lot of training videos I watch, I'd watch, like, the first, like, five, ten minutes, I'd drift off to sleep, and I'd wake up, and I'd be like, well, I'm done, you know, that's it. I'm not watching any more of that video, right? And, you know, they, they were big names at the time. And, of course, I didn't know they were going to fizzle out. But, like, I just wasn't getting anything, anything out of them, right? Whereas the guys who really seem passionate about learning, they tend to teach quite a bit. And they're fun, they, those videos are really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, wh- wherever they're at, like, uh, Card Runners has a lot of great stuff. Like, 
One guy I love to watch is Matthew John. I always use him as like the golden standard because uh, Matthew John, you can tell, is just very taken with the learning process. And I get it's a really infectious. Right. And that gets me really into it. And it, I can watch his videos three or four times and get something new out of it. Right. And uh, I would uh, back when Deuces Cracked was really cracking, crack a lacking. Uh, they had a they had a video called the Thin Red Line, and it was just like the first time I saw that it was like hearing the Beatles for the first time in the '60s or whatever. It, uh, I imagine it must have felt like it was just like I get it, like I get a lot of this stuff now, and it's it set me on this path of learning all these different things. Those are that's the minimum effective dose. That's what you're focused on. You're kind of like skimming, skimming, skimming until you find something like. Wow, that was really helpful. And it doesn't have to be like conceptual. It could be like you love watching a certain player because he gives you a sense of how you're supposed to be playing. You feel like there was one guy who couldn't really explain his actions super well in videos I used to watch when I was younger. But when I watched his videos, I was like, this is how you're supposed to play this game. I just could see the game coming to him and him never having to uh, like bend, try to uh, bend his own game to the rest of the players. Like everybody was just making mistakes into him. And even though he wasn't articulating it all that well, I, I just went ahead and I watched and there, it, it was really, uh, th that's kind of the stuff you find like your minimum effective doses. You work on it every day. You kind of start at what you're at. Like I have a friend of mine, he watches a lot of high stakes videos and then, you know, he comes to like lower stakes and you know, some of that stuff does translate. There's a lot more, there's a lot more stuff at like low stakes that translates to higher stakes than you could believe and vice versa. But uh, not all of it does. Try to find uh, the problem is like if you start at low stakes, most low stakes videos are going to be done by either people who aren't that good because they've been there for a while or high stakes players who have no idea what they're doing at that limit. Like they don't know the regs or anything like that. So what you're trying to do is find a guy who can tell you why he does his plays and it's okay. That's really the biggest thing I could say is like always ask what is the evidence. This is something I I uh, I really wish somebody had taught me uh, when I was very young. It's like whenever somebody tells you something as a matter of fact, and it would really change your life if it were a fact, or your game, or whatever it is. Just kindly say, could you please tell me what the evidence is, or could you t please tell me why you think that, right? And if they can't back it up, well, you have to really, you know, you can go check it yourself, but a lot of times you have to disregard it if you can't check it because you have no way to verify it, right? You know, there's a, this is like, I, I get really pissed off. Even as a Christian, I really hate Christians that just scream at other people like you're going to burn in hell, right? Because, because you don't believe in God. And it's like, dude, how do you know? Right. Like, it's like that's something, you know, present the evidence. And it's like it's the same thing also, like with uh, atheists, like, you know, everybody has that. There's a joke I heard recently. It was like uh, a CrossFit, a CrossFit trainer, a vegan and an atheist all walk into a bar. I know because they all told everybody within two minutes. And it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I get, I get annoyed with, you know, there, there, there are occasionally like friends of mine who are atheists that it seems like they want to bring up my faith like every time we talk and it's like, okay, dude, like I get it. You really believe this is the answer. Like I just, you don't have the evidence either. Right. And I'm just going to keep asking for it. You know, you can, you know, and sometimes they've been like, well, read this book. And it's like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, and that, that's pretty fun. Right. Like that, that leads to the kind of learning that's really good. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that's really fun. And I do have a, I am really uh, blessed to have a few friends like that. I had a, uh, I, I met a Muslim guy who actually turned me on to some books that really made me re like see the entire like Middle East uh, in the West like differently, like very, very, very different. Like, and I, I've read a lot of. Uh, I did date a Muslim for a very long time, so I read a lot of Islamic texts, and that was not my impression from a lot of the. Uh, there are some there are some weirder texts in that can uh, not the canon the well in the canon too every <laughs> every religious canon has pretty weird texts but uh, yeah like so, some of the books that people wrote about the faith but like those made me like really see that and that's kind of I mean that's just kind of like how to live as well you know you look at uh, you say what's the evidence 
and you're always trying to get that. And when you watch training videos, most of the time you're going to be looking for the guys that try to present the evidence, right? Like, you, you know, it could just be a very flippant explanation that explains it and that works. Uh, it could just be, it could be a full breakdown conceptually and that works as well. Uh, and you're always trying to work with that and you're trying to have fun with like getting better. It's really about you trying to master yourself. And a lot of this, you know, goes to like how you're living. I told this guy, I was like, look, man, like I, uh, I love, you know, when I was growing up, I was like partying and like smoking weed and, you know, doing everything. Right. And I was smoking weed daily, excuse me, like all day. But, like, I can't do any of that crap now because I, I just can't in my job. Because here's the thing you've got to realize with poker. If you're going to do a really good job, you're, it's because you're taking somebody else's job, okay? Like, this is professional poker, all right? This is not a joke, right? You can't do this in a relaxed fashion. You are trying to take someone's job. You, try to, you want to remember that. There is somebody, there is somebody somewhere on this earth who is wanting it just as bad as you and you're trying to take his job. I, I want you to remember that. All right. So it's not a joke, right? I don't smoke weed because I can't be foggy in the mornings. I don't drink because I can't be uh, feeling sick throughout the day. I, I can't do any of that. Right. I can't, I would really love to do all that stuff. I can't. And then it's like, there's a lot of times at night. I just, you know, it, I think it's really important to like kind of conk out and watch, you know, one of Barry's horrible movie recommendations sometimes, but no, I mean like there are times like I will, I will let myself sit on the couch and like watch baseball for like 30 minutes, like maximum, like an hour. And that is a really relaxing, like 30 minutes. Right. But like, I will, I would much rather, you, you got to get value out of every hour. Right. Because like professional poker uh, requires that you live a professional life. And it, so, like, if you're trying to relax, like, a 20-minute meditation might be a lot better. You know, that might get you to a much deeper level than, you know, just laying on the, laying on the couch playing Halo, right? And then uh, it, and when you're at night, you can't watch, like, the average American watches five hours of TV. Could you imagine if you, I mean, not saying this is possible, but let's say, Somebody put a gun to your head and said, like, I, I'm going to gun you down in two weeks' time if I don't see you study French for five hours, uh, five nights a week for the next two weeks. How well would you speak French at the end of that two weeks? You, yeah. you probably speak pretty damn well, right? Now, this is the Tim Ferriss thing, which is, like, put a gun to your head. Make yourself have to do, you know, like a meeting in French in two weeks, right? And then you will work that five hours a day, five days a week, right? Uh, I think that's a little too intense for my liking. I mean, that's fun once in a while, but like, I mean, but even like if you take away that five hours and you replace it with like reading, like you guys always think it's a joke. Like everybody thinks it's a joke when I talk to them. You always do this crap where you say you're not smart. I'm not. I read a lot more than you guys. And I read from people who are smarter than me. And then I go, oh, okay, this makes sense. I think what I, the, the one thing I know I'm smart at is I feel like I have a pretty good BS detector when it comes to a lot of things, right? And uh, that, that, I think, has helped me pretty well. But, like, a lot of the stuff I didn't know myself. I didn't know until I learned it. And, it, and the first time I read it, I didn't know either. Or the second time, or the third time. It was, like, the fourth time it really clicked. There's some things that have taken me like two years to figure out, five years to figure out, 10 years to figure out, but I'm still lapping everybody that's spending five hours a night watching prison break, you know? Uh -huh. So it's a, it, I think that's really where you got to be starting from. All right, good luck to you. Come just keep learning. Even Phil Ivey's famous for saying he never stops learning. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, and that's with everything in life, man. Like if you're not, I learned a new trick. I was getting really bored with battle rap. I was kind of like, I wasn't super inspired by my opponent this time. Like, I needed a guy who wouldn't no-show, which is a lot. It, it, that doesn't sound, like, that hard. But, you know, the, it, there's, like, uh, it, it, there's a lot of guys that, like, they get within a week of the battle and they realize they have nothing done. They're like, you know what, I think I'm sick this week. You know, and then, like, if I bought my tickets and everything and I flew there. So there's, there's some opponents who I'd really like to battle who, like, I think would be really fun to battle and I could say things about. But since they, they, they offered me two guys and one guy had no-showed before, I saw in one of his battles they mentioned he no-showed. And I was like, he was a much easier guy to make fun of. But I, I, I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't take this guy. 
And uh, sure enough, he's no-showing versus the opponent he did get. Uh, he announced like a week ago. And uh, yeah, he didn't even provide an excuse. He was just like, I don't feel like it's worth my time to go to this battle. And it was like, okay, thanks, dude. Like, they confirmed it two months ago. But, like, uh, the guy I got this time, like, I met at the last event, and we're, you know, we're friends or whatever. Like, we're, we're acquaintances, and he's a cool dude. So it was, like, it was kind of weird, like, writing for him because I was, like, I wasn't really, you know, like, Cobalt 45 I could make fun of quite a bit. That dude had a lot of things to say. I had something to say about. This dude was just kind of, like, you know, just a geeky dude, you know what I mean? It's, like, I love the geeks, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, you know what I mean? And then, but I found, I was like, I got to find a way to make this fun. And I found a way to memorize. I tried to brainstorm ways of like how I could memorize the battle faster. And I like, I read a little bit of like Moonwalking with Einstein or whatever the hell that book was, or I listened to some podcasts around it. And I found like a memory technique and like, Barry, like the sense of satisfaction when I memorized this battle in like, I literally memorized the battle like it took like 30, 30 minutes for each round, right? Which was really weird, right? And then, of course, it wasn't perfect. I was still stumbling a lot, but I had a lot of it. And like the satisfaction from like learning something, applying something and getting better at something, that feels so much more like I've had a lot of money for no damn reason. That, that was actually pretty crippling because you're like, you kind of know inwardly you're a fraud. You know what I mean? You know it's going to, you know, the jig's going to be up one day, right? Uh-huh. If you're mastering yourself when you do get money, it's like, even though I get, you know, the money's not like it was at the beginning in poker, but I get much smaller amounts of money right now. And I go like, yes, because I know what to do with this now. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Because I've developed that skill. Or to a point, you know, I'm obviously still learning. But it, yeah, it's, it is about learning like every day. Yeah, keeping on top of it. Um, okay, we've got time for another question, and then Alex is going to tell us about his next webinar coming out. Yes, sir. So if we can answer this one, it's from Adam. Right now, I only play in-person MTTs with a group of roughly 25 casual players weekly. I play tournaments at casinos one to three times a year, depending on how often I go. I was looking into playing online using your America's Card Room affiliate link. Well done, Adam. That's well done. That. So I can get more play in and work on my game. Aside from the above programs, what other programs do you recommend? I figure Hold'em Manager 2 would be good for hand review. I'm curious your opinion on if using a HUD is a good idea. I figure it makes it easier to make the right plays while playing online. But does playing with a HUD hinder your skill transfer to in-person poker? Uh, I don't believe it uh, hinders your transfer to in-person poker. Uh, I think uh, the way to like transfer it is like when you see a percentage range, just kind of look at that on Flopzilla uh, a little later and see what that looks like and say, like, okay, if I think this person's playing these hands, I should do these actions. And there's a lot of times you can know uh, when a person is playing those hands just by – uh, just by virtue of the fact of like they open something outside of that range and you go ahead and play from there. Uh, the other thing I would say like hold a manager two is really good. Uh, no caddy is fantastic that, that, that you should really get into after uh, you get used to hold a manager two. Uh, the assassin HUD uses hold a manager two and no caddy to make, in my opinion, the most badass HUD. When uh, Poker Stars outlawed a bunch of HUDs, the first one they put on 2 plus 2 to laugh at because it used every feature that uh, Poker Stars considered too dangerous uh, was ours, right? There were screenshots and people were like, oh my God, like how could anybody have a HUD like this? This is disgusting. Uh, this is too powerful. And uh, still legal on most sites, so, you know, get at me. Uh, assassinatohud.com, check that one out. And, uh, yeah, uh, I would recommend those. I, I would start with a dead simple HUD. Learn how to edit a HUD and just every day add one statistic. Just the first day put, like, uh, the number of hands, the number of big blinds the guy has, and, like, pre-flop raise and VPIP. And just start with that. And then the next day add three bet. And then the day after that add continuation bet. And look, you know, just Google, like, what does the continuation bet stat mean? And you're going to find a lot of statistics that pop up, right? I do this every time I make one of my webinars when I'm like, is that the stat I'm supposed to be looking for? 
on that specific thing because there's some of these I don't use a whole hell of a lot in tournaments, right? But, like, a lot of the guys who do, you know, I use them a lot of the time back when I was playing cash games, but I haven't used them in a while. And I'm like, I, I wonder if that range has changed, right? And, you know, I hit on my friends, but sometimes I check a bunch of different articles to see, like, okay, this matches, that matches, that matches. Okay, great. And then I find, you know, I dig up my old database, and it's like, okay, it's, it's shifted by a percent or two. But, like, okay, this is what you're looking for. You know, that's all you do. You do that research, and you try to focus on them one at once a day, put your little sticky note on the computer, you know, focus on that. And then uh, uh, after that, I, I would really recommend, uh, I, I, I would really recommend getting a copy of Flopzilla, getting a copy of Cardrunner's EV. Uh, watch the training videos on Cardrunner's EV and Flopzilla before you get anything, uh, just because uh, it's not for, it, it, it does take a little bit of, work to get to know any of this stuff but if you do put the money down and check it out i think you will like it i can get you a discount on those too so if you write me at alex at com, i can get it with my wholesaler account uh, i'd really recommend that stuff and yeah good luck to you there and i would just add when you're talking about <clears throat> transfer whether a hard hinders you playing live i used to play more live than online and then when i got into online got a few lessons from alex Alex really got me into using Holdem Manager and the HUD, etc. And what I found is it actually made me a better live player in the sense that it was easier to articulate stuff in your head to yourself right. and, and comprehend things that you were sort of... Well, myself, I was almost like subconsciously picking up some stuff live and acting because of that. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's because I do that against that player because, you know, his three bet is this, etc. You know, it just... It just makes you think more about every other factors in a hand, which can only be a good thing, I think. It, mm -hmm. just, it gets you thinking about more stats. And even though you can't you know, see the stats as clearly live, floating above people's heads and stuff, you still keep a mental check, etc. You can start to estimate. and it just, I just think it makes you a better player. Just Because if you break it down, all a HUD's doing is making you analyze a hand or your game. Right, more, right. It's really, it it's rather than saying I lost with queens against kings, you're going into I lost against a player or I won against a player that three bets X amount exactly, of percent of the time. Exactly. And so what it's making you think like almost laterally in terms of poker, and I just think it's it can only benefit you, you know, and, and make you a good life player as well. Yes, sir. Um, okay, Alex, uh, let's talk about your next webinar. What's coming up, and then how people can get in touch, order that from you, get involved in all the assassinato goodness, and then we'll wrap up this show, and then I'll launch it, and hopefully the site uh, survives and doesn't blow up <laughs> yeah. when it goes live. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing, on the 25th of this month, we're going to be doing Dominate Live Poker. Uh, the reason I'm doing this webinar is I've had a lot of lessons recently uh, where people are like, hey, I'm going to Vegas, and uh, I want some tips on how to play, and I go like, look, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not much of a live player, right? But uh, I, I don't play as much uh, live as I used to, right? But, you know, people do the, well, you did final table, like, you know, EPTs, and you did final table like a, uh, you know, like a P, uh, an EBT side event. You've won events, right? You should know a lot about a lot of this stuff, right? You have caches on most continents, and you had that before you were, like, 20, 21. So apparently you know a few things. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I started dishing out what I was really thinking about live poker and a lot of like, then it kind of got fun because I, I started out as a live player between like the ages of 15 and 18. I was really into live. And then like the first couple of years I was playing uh, online, I was playing a lot of live poker too. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff I feel like people don't really know about live because in my lessons, I had these really hyper-educated guys and they were like, I've never heard that. And I'm like, really? And then, uh, we started going over, like, uh, you know, what's going on. And then I started, like, studying, like, what happens when you do this? What happens? Oh, this really works right now live. And this, okay, this doesn't work, even though this works really well. Uh, this really works well online. It doesn't work as well live. So I put all of that stuff together. And a lot of this stuff, I Googled it, and I can't find it anywhere else. So we're going to be talking a lot about a lot of, uh, we're going to get you ready for the WSOP main event that last lag of, the, lag of the series where there's a bunch of serious events. Uh, if you want to come to this, 
If you can't show up, there will be downloadable copies within 24 hours of the event, at most 48 hours, but I usually am getting them out within 24 hours. Uh, it's going to be an interactive webinar. You can go ahead and ask me uh, questions as we go through it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really fun. It's not as focused on like live tells and stuff like that because I, I think a lot of that's really overblown. I always find it really interesting, the guys that are really into live tells, if not like just completely crush live poker, if it really was, you know, like super helpful. But there are certain like live gestures that I found really help you if you know like poker strategy. There's There's been a few things. I have done stuff like, Live, I have called an all-in, like, for my tournament life, like, on day twos with, like, King Jack High and Ben Wright. I've called it with, like, fourth pair, uh, like, for all the chips in the six max WSOP event and the money and Ben Wright and stuff like that. And there's a there's – I don't like making those big calls. Anybody who's done a lesson with me can tell you my big thing is, like, don't do them, right? Because if you get out there and start doing these big calls for no damn reason – you're going to get into a lot of tr trouble. And even if you have a decent reason, a lot of times that doesn't uh, justify the chip investment. But if you have a really good reason, uh, as I think you can get from some of these live gestures, I think that's really good. But more than that, we're going to talk about the strategies that kill it live. Like the stuff I use all the time uh, to, to get deep in live tournaments, right? There's, it's really fun to get into this stuff. We're going to talk about the specific boards you should be attacking, the specific plays people get embarrassed by. We're going to talk about how you can create a table image. Uh, the one live tournament I ever won, uh, it was mostly live players. Like, nobody really knew me from online. So, uh, I, you know, without getting into too many details, I, I, I mean, without going on about this too long, I, dre I dress like a trust fund baby, right? And uh, I just, you know, really dorky, like, rich kid clothes and stuff, right? And then uh, I just talked a lot, which was, you know, in most of it was just playful banner, so nobody really hated me. And then that allowed me to get away with murder, whereas if I showed up with the hoodie and I was really angry and all that stuff, I don't think a lot of people would have folded to some of the crap I was running, right? And then uh, and we're going to talk about how you can more properly don't be that online pro don't don't be that guy that guy doesn't win that often for a reason the angry dude who some you know he showed up to Vegas 9 days ago and he's pissed off he hasn't made 5 million dollars yet we are going to make sure it, you don't look like those guys and we're going to make sure you get along with people at the table people don't know how good you are and you get over a lot of plays at the table I'm really looking forward to this one. There's going to be some preview webinars most likely next week after I get home from the battle. Uh, so be looking for those ones. And, yeah, check out the flyer uh, this week. And uh, as far as the other plugs, tune in to, uh, uh, tune in to uh, the, the Assassin Auto Coaching YouTube channel. You can just look up, you know, like Assassin Auto Poker, Alex Fitzgerald Poker on uh, – on YouTube and you'll find it or just actually just type assassin or coaching. I imagine that'll be faster. And then, uh, you can see free webinars there. We have one there called ready to test your poker, which I think is about to have 2000 views. And I've done like absolutely very, I've done very little to promote it. Right. And, uh, it, it, we have new videos coming out all the time. Last week we had a free hand history review. We did, uh, we had coverage of my scoop, you know, that was shot live and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's really a good time if you guys want to check that out. And I'm going to start doing a show, Barry, called Rants and Raises, where I get in some of the weirder questions that get sent in to me and that we can't really fit into this show. And then we talk a little strat. And, you know, I also get to, like, blog a little bit because I'm having a harder time finding the time to write. But, yeah, uh, be looking out for that. Uh, check out my videos at Card Runners. Use uh, promo code Free Month, all capital letters, to get two months access to 2,000 plus videos for just $30. Sign up for my newsletter at PokerEdRush.com. Go to PokerEdRush.com, and if every week you, you'll get like a pack of my newest coaching materials, uh, it, you'll get that sent to you. And then uh, I, I think everybody's really been enjoying that. And uh, just kind of getting the updates and knowing what's going on, getting all the videos, because I publish articles all over the Internet, and sometimes it's kind of hard to corral them. 
Uh, I just do all that work for you. A lot, a lot of the times you'll get that, uh, uh, you'll get that uh, newsletter and there will be like three training videos, five strategy articles, and of course our lovable podcast. So yeah, be sure to tune in to all of that. Okay, sounds good. And no wonder Alex is having a terrible time lately. It sounds like Leatherface has moved in next door. <laughs> um, so yeah, it sounds uh, like it, right? Go and give him a slap. Um, until next week then keep your questions coming in for Alex I do have a few questions there I've got saved from a few people that have sent them in so if you haven't heard your question don't worry it is on the list it will be read out eventually and uh, we'll get on with them next week when we record the next show check out Alex's new webinar there will be details of that in the show notes on onehour.com and until next week thanks for listening and cheers cheers Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner-take-all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.